0: Good morning, I'm Lina Mohammed from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, March 15. In today's news, President Biden's push for equity in education faces a critical test, and where we stand on the Iran nuclear deal now that Biden is president. But first, the big idea. New York's vaccine czar Larry Schwartz, a longtime advisor to Governor Andrew Cuomo, called county officials in the past two weeks in attempts to gauge their loyalty to the governor amid an ongoing sexual harassment investigation. The Post's Amy Britton and Josh Dossie report that one Democratic county executive was so unsettled by the outreach from Schwartz that they filed an ethics complaint with New York's attorney general's office. Because Schwartz is the head of New York's vaccine rollout, the executive feared their county's vaccine supply could suffer if Schwartz was not pleased with the executive's response to the questions about support of the governor. The executive said the conversation with Schwartz came in close proximity to a separate conversation with another Cuomo administration official about vaccine distribution. While Schwartz acknowledged making the calls, he said that he did nothing wrong. Schwartz maintains that he made the calls only as a 30-year friend of Cuomo and did not discuss vaccines in those conversations. Schwartz is one of Cuomo's longtime lieutenants. He served as secretary to the governor from 2011 until 2015. That role is the most influential aide to the New York governor. He's been advising Governor Cuomo off and on since. He even has a reputation as Cuomo's enforcer. Schwartz returned last spring to be the administration's point person on the coronavirus pandemic. He even moved into the governor's mansion at one point and has managed much of the state's response. Schwartz described the calls as cordial, respectful, and friendly, adding that nobody indicated that they were uncomfortable during the calls or that they did not want to talk to him. He added that decisions about where to locate mass vaccination sites are not made by one individual, but are determined by members of the governor's vaccine task force and outside consultants. In interviews with the Post, several public officials who received the calls from Schwartz spoke on the condition of anonymity to describe the the conversations, saying they fear swift retribution from Cuomo if they speak out against him. They described the outreach as politics as usual in the Cuomo administration, which has long earned a reputation for leaning on allies and threatening opponents. Several Republican County executives reached by the Post said that they had not received such calls from Schwartz. The governor has been accused of workplace harassment, improper touching, or both, by five women, including four who worked for him. An allegation by a sixth woman, who's also an employee, was referred by the governor's office to local police for investigation late last week. Many others, male and female, have described a hostile and abusive workplace in which young women were frequently treated differently. Cuomo has denied accusations of unwanted touching and has largely been defiant in the wake of growing calls for his resignation. And that's the big idea. Here are two other stories that should be on your radar. Number one, President Biden's push to reopen schools within 100 days... One of his most politically fraught promises stands as one of the first major tests of his plans for equity in policymaking across the government. The Post Tulo Oloranipa and Mariah Balinget report that Biden is under pressure to quickly reopen the country's schools and ensure that the most vulnerable communities are prioritized. That pressure comes as millions of children are still out of classrooms, a reality that has been especially damaging for minority and poor students. But as Biden signed the coronavirus relief bill into law Thursday, his proposed COVID-19 educational equity gap challenge grant was missing from the $130 billion allocated for schools. The equity challenge grants would have given federal officials greater say in earmarking some of the new funding for innovative programs specifically designed to promote equity. It generated vigorous opposition, touching off long-standing concerns about federal control of local school policy. Its demise reflects the complexities Biden faces as he attempts to expand the role of the federal government in helping communities achieve their lofty goals on race even while addressing multiple national crises. Meanwhile, the Biden administration has come under sharp criticism for garbled messaging and a lack of a clear and consistent scientific guidance for educators who are looking to reopen their schools. Guidelines from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention have added to the confusion by recommending that communities with a high level of virus transmission which is currently most of the country and especially urban areas, operate schools remotely or part-time. The Biden administration has tried to hone its messaging in recent days, with the president committing to vaccinate all teachers over the next month. But still, Republicans have seized on the initial lack of clarity, arguing the lack of urgency to reopen schools is especially harmful to minority and underserved students. Number two. The Post's Karim Fahim and Karen DeYoung report that the United States is willing to sit down with Iran tomorrow and jointly agree to full compliance with the nuclear accord they and five other world powers signed in 2015. The Post's report is based off of public pronouncements from Washington and Tehran, along with interviews with a half dozen senior U.S. and European officials, and with experts familiar with the issue. The officials spoke on the condition of anonymity about what one One of them called the sensitive and halting diplomatic dance. Iran has made it clear it shares the goal of going back to the terms of the original agreement before President Donald Trump pulled out of it. Trump reinstituted the sanctions and added what Biden officials estimate were at least 1,500 new ones. In response, Iran reactivated key elements of the program that United States and others say could produce nuclear weapons. Iran denies any such ambition. But nearly two months into Biden's presidency, with Iran's own contentious presidential election approaching in June, the two sides have been unable to talk about what they both say they want. The United States and Iran have issued sometimes contradictory, sometimes inflexible statements that reflect mutual suspicions and agendas that are far broader than the simple reactivation of an agreement. Iran wants all Trump sanctions lifted and an immediate influx of cash from release of blocked international loans and frozen funds, along with foreign investment and removal of bans on oil sales. Even when the nuclear agreement was in effect, Iran complained that US threats limited foreign investment. For its part, the Biden administration wants a reactivated deal, known as the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, or the JCPOA, to serve as a platform to renegotiate its sunset provisions. Those are the future dates when certain provisions are set to expire. It wants to move quickly to discussions about its other problems with Iran, including Tehran's ballistic missile program, and its use of proxy forces in much of the Middle East and human rights abuses. And although it hopes to keep the subject separate from the nuclear talks, it wants four Iranian-American citizens imprisoned by Iran to be returned, along with information about former FBI agent Robert Levinson, who disappeared in Iran 14 years ago last week. In public, both sides continue to wait for the other to prove its good faith with a no-you-go-first rhetoric. A senior official said, we could go tomorrow, but for now, the president is taking his time. That's The Daily 202 for Monday, March 15th. I'm Lina Muhammad Thanks for listening.